This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, November 10th, 2020. The good thing is November, and my favorite holiday is coming up, Thanksgiving. So that's a good thing. So we had a pretty big election. It may not be over. We're, you know, it's pretty much over, but it's not over. So we'll have to be patient, and we'll have to wait and see how things finally resolve themselves. And the uncertainty affects the market. It goes up and it could still go down. You know, so we don't know that there's a lot of uncertainty, but I think the market is convinced about the election. But I, I don't like to count my chickens before the hash. There's no, no uh, definitive answer yet. But you got to be prepared. You got to be prepared for volatility. Learn how to compensate it. I do think no matter who gets elected, and I've said this before to you on air, there's going to be a big spending package. How big? I don't know. But either party, whoever wins, there's going to be a spending package, and that's going to be good for the market. Now that we have a vaccine that's 90% effective, I think that's very positive for the market. That doesn't mean the market won't be volatile, down and up. But it certainly looks like it's going to be more up volatility than down. And it does seem to see a big rotation in the market. So we'll talk about that before the end of the hour. We really will. So how the market do today? Well, the Dow was up 263 points, but the NASDAQ was down 160. The S&P was down five. That's part of the rotation that's going down, going around. And I think it's all about the vaccine that's been the catalyst, I think. And again, as I said, we'll we'll get into some more detail during the show. Okay, eight eight eight. Well, eight 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 ninety nine chart is our number. This is a live show. We're open Monday through Friday, and you can call right now. So we're ready to hear your questions. Anything financial. So let's go ahead and get right to the right to the first caller. Hi, this is Matt in San Jose. I just had a question on your guys' opinion regarding Meritage Homes. MTH and just your overall outlook on uh, home builders coming into the future next couple years. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Well, we do know that interest rates are very, 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 very mortgage rates, very, 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 very low. We know that. And many of these home builders have already rallied pretty strongly. I mean, Meritage was at the bottom of the market, was like near 26, 27 a share. Today it's 90. 90. Got up to 115 and bounced down. In October, it was at its high. 52-week high, much higher than the previous high before COVID, which is around 75. So you've already had a very strong run based on low interest rates and a recovering economy. So is that it, the trick is, if you look at it going forward, it's still not expensive based on its earnings. 2020, they're supposed to earn $10.37. Next year, 2021, $12.83. And the stock is 90. So you got about a, what, 8 PE? But remember, the five-year range, though, is 3 to 14. So it's right in the middle of its range. So you can't say it's really cheap. It's just re- very reasonable at this point. 
Return on equity is 14%. Cash flow is very strong. Sales have up 21% the most recent quarter, just reported. 19% the quarter before that, 27% the quarter before that. So last year, a year ago, it was shrinking 6 and 1%, 5.1% per quarter. So it's doing very, very well. But I think a lot of the movement's already built into the price. Even though it's come down on recently, you know, that came down 25 points on, on 115. So we're talking it's come down, what, 13, 14%? I, you know, I, it's taking a risk. It's not cheap, not expensive. But how long will the, will this bull market be in the housing market? I think you might be do better looking for things that are based on a recovering uh, COVID economy. In other words, those things that are really beat up by COVID might be a better place to put your money. S- strong companies, excuse me, strong companies that uh, that appear un- very underpriced. I think that might be a better bet. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and there's no deny it, the calendar does not lie. We are moving quickly through the fourth quarter, and an end of the year is upon us. The holiday season is here. My favorite time of year, by the way. Now, we can all probably do a better job of managing risks. You can balance your assets, your portfolios, and it requires a lot of information and good, effective strategies. Do you have a strategy for your money? Do you? Well, maybe I can help you. Give me a call if you want to talk about that. We should talk about anything financial. Your participation is always the major part of the mix. We're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. The fourth quarter is moving fast. There's an autumn chill in the air and uncertainty in the markets. So you've got finance and investment questions for Steve and Justin. And the phone lines never close. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. My focus point today concerns a story, how to invest in a post-vaccine world after Pfizer's announcement. Now, do you do know what Pfizer's announcement was? They have a vaccine, 90% effective. So nine out of 10 times, you're not going to get COVID. So we've talked about this. I told you there was going to be a vaccine. I told you to probably come out before the end of the year. Well, obviously, Pfizer is going to uh, is asking for permission before the end of the month to have an emergency usage of their vaccine. They're already making 20, 30 million, uh, million uh, uh, vaccines. It's apparently a two-shotter, two shots. So I don't know why that is. Uh, I noticed that um, Shingles has a two-shot vaccine now, not just the one. So I don't know why that is, but I'm not smart enough. But that's what we're dealing with. So this analyst thinks the outlook for improving global economy is pretty strong. And he thinks value stocks may do better than growth stocks. I think he's right. You know I've talked about that too. Justin and I both talked to you about it. Growth stocks, the big tech stocks are going to notice what they've done. I mean, the Dow was up 263, the NASA is down 160. Okay, what does that tell you? It tells you that the big tech stocks aren't rallying. What's rallying? If you look, you'll see that a lot of those COVID recovery stocks are rallying. 
we have a vaccine, the world has a vaccine, that means places like Las Vegas is going to boom again. That means airlines is going to finally get full again. That means, think about all those hotels out there in the United States are traveling. You know, it, on and on and on. Vaccine re- COVID recovery plays. So, that's what we're talking I'll talk about it. We'll talk about it a little bit more. Other topics I want to discuss. Do you know that Vision, Vision, um, uh, <laughs> do you know that AT&T and Verizon, big companies, well, Verizon has sold $12 billion in bonds. Why? And things to not put your money in. Okay, don't certain things you. I'm sorry, certain things you don't put your your put in your will, not money, but things you don't put in your will, and things people waste money on. That's why it's confusing the two. Not as sharp as I used to be, I guess. Things people waste money on. So those are the three things I want to discuss. But what do you want to talk about? You're the one that keeps this show going, not me. So let's keep moving straight back to our Invest Talk Voice Bank. This came in earlier at 888 99Chart. Hello there. My name is Ethan Anderson. I'm a fellow listener of your program, really enjoying it. I actually just started a couple of weeks ago. Kind of a general, uh, vague question for you guys. Um, give a little background on myself. I am 18. Um, I'm waiting to go into the Air Force, and I'm trying to, you know, as a young man, I'm trying to figure things out in my life. And one thing that I've always been, I've had this itch lately is trying to gauge how the future is going to outlook, especially in my, you know, in these next four years. I have the feeling that something is is stirring up the pot in the stock market. And I wish that, you know, when the when the actual points went down, when it went down, I believe 19 points uh, this in 2020 in March. Uh, I wish I took advantage of that, but I didn't. And I'm just kind of wondering if you guys can give me some pointers or tips how to approach these next four years, how to approach, you know, someone in my situation that doesn't have you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars to play around with. You know, in my predicament, I was wondering maybe if you could perhaps give me an idea as to how I would approach things and most of all, how I could set myself up to be really financially successful in the future. Um, I appreciate your time and hope to speak to you soon. Well, any young person, especially at 18, what you do is you start putting money in the market in index fund using the ETF, exchange traded fund, maybe the SPY, that's a symbol for the S&P 500. And you just keep putting money in it consistently over time. You will do very, very well. The problem that people can't do, they can't stay the course. They can't, like, put $100 in every month. I'm not even talking about big bucks notice. 100 bucks. Put $100 in every month, no matter what. Or 500 Whatever you have that you consistently put money in the market over time will do very, very well. Forget about who's president, who's not. Forget about the politics of the thing. The stock market moves up on an average 9%, 10% every year over the last 100 and something years. Now, I can't say every year. That's, that's incorrect. On average, some years it's down, some years it's up. You know, some years it's down big, some years it's up big. You just don't know, but you got to be consistent. I can t- drum that into very young people's ho- heads, that would be great. And use it doing use a, an IRA to do it with. Therefore, there's no tax consequences on your gains. Anyways, that's what I would suggest. Okay, eight 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 ninety nine chart. Let's go to Gene in San Diego. Gene. 
Hi, Steve. Uh, how are you? Good. Thank you for the call. Hi, Steve. So uh, my question was on QRVO Corvo. Um, I just wanted to know if this is a good company to own and okay. when do you and what's a good entry point uh, for this stock? Okay, this is Corvo Inc. out of Greensboro, North Carolina. It's a $16 billion company, so it's not small. It's large. Markets RF, radio frequency integrated circuits used in mobile devices, base stations, wireless networks, and metering devices. Um, it has, it's made money consistently over the years. It's grown very consistently. In recent couple of years, it's growing faster. This year, it's going to grow 35% earnings. Next year, 12. It's $140 stock, going to make $9.55. Okay? So it's what? About a 15 PE, 16 PE? And that's right in the middle of its range. Turn equity 17%. Uh, growth this year is much better than last year. The most recent quarter, they had a very blowout sales growth, 31% sales growth in the last quarter. And, of course, that now reflect is reflected in the stock price because it moved from $70 at the bottom of the COVID crisis in March to $140. Now, it got up to $155 just yesterday. So you're buying, you're, you're, you're buying a stock that's already really strongly. Uh, you have to realize you're, that means you're chasing performance. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means you have to understand that that's what you're doing. So as long as it's on this uptrend, you can stay with it. If, if you want to buy it, just, just know you're taking a little bit more risk than you are in uh, normally because it's at, at value and it has run, made a long run. Of course, it deserved to make a run because of the sales. They don't have a lot of debt. So it's a well-run company. Because the earnings go up every year. So it's a good stock to own. Thank you very much. Appreciate the call. From time to time, I think it's important to remind listeners that here on Invest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, based in Irvine, California, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And this is very good for our listeners and clients. That means we give unbiased guidance. That means I practice parallel investing, meaning I buy the same thing for myself as my clients, the same price, same percentages when I'm buying. So I I really do that. So we'll talk about it more. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. It's an Invest Talk Tuesday. Steve Peasley is here today taking your calls live. How's your portfolio doing? Are you prepared for continuing market volatility? You've got questions, so call InvestDoc. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Love to hear from you. Give me a call. Andrew in San Diego wants to talk about retirement, I think. How you doing, Andrew? Hey, Steve. How's it going? I'm going well. I appreciate the call. Yeah, so I have a question. I haven't, so because I haven't taken any vacation this year, I have a decent amount of PTO hours that I need to cash out by the end of the year. Okay. And I'm considering putting it into one of my retirement accounts. The question is, it's going to be about maybe 10000 or so. Uh-huh. Should I just put all of it into my 401k to further taxes, or should I take a portion and lump sum it, lump, lump sum it into my Roth IRA? Or should I just take it out, pay taxes, and put it into my 
taxable brokerage account. Well, if you put it in your Roth IRA, you're going to be paying taxes on it. It's only a regular IRA you won't be paying taxes on. Right, you know right. that, right? So um, let me ask you a question about with putting, do you need that tax write-off to put it in a regular IRA and deduct 10000 from your adjusted gross income to pay taxes on? I mean, that that's a key question in my mind. Do I want to pay less taxes on this money? You know, not pay any taxes on this money until I retire. Um, if you if you don't have that worry, then I'd probably max out my Roth. Okay, if you don't worry about the tax write-off this year. Because the Roth will grow tax-free, you know, anything from now on. So that's the benefit of that. You could you can't put more than, what, $6,500? Is that what it is? Not sure of the six exact thousand, amount. 6000 I think. 6000 six You can't put more yeah. than 6000 So the other 4000 you can put in your 401k. You see, okay. I'm, would, I'm you, would you consider just lump sum at the beginning of the year on January 1st, or should I, you know, dollar cost average over a few months or through the year? Well, I want to, I want to say I'd rather get it in sooner than later. Why? Because I know we're going to have a recovery from the COVID. I know we're going to have a, a spending package and that's going to be very, very good for the market this year. But you know, investors always look forward, right? So will they Bump up the market before January 1st to such a high degree that, you know, that's kind of hard to tell you that right this minute. But I really kind of want to tell you to put it in quickly. Like that's normally I would say dollar cost average, but the timing is different because of what, what's happening out there with the vaccine and everything. I think, I think buying some very good recovery stocks. Uh, value stocks, I think, are going to work very well this year. Good questions, Brian. Andrew, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, on the, on the f- focus point here, everybody, um, we, you know, we were talking about Pfizer's, uh, uh, Pfizer igniting the markets and how to invest in a post-vaccine world. As I said, I think, you know, that... Okay, there's nothing wrong with Amazon, Google, and, you know, those stocks, the, the, the FANG stocks that did very well. Uh, but they've had a huge run over recent years. And generally speaking, sometime the market, at some point, the market's going to rotate. And I think this COVID vaccine is going to push that rotation to value stocks. So that's where I think you need to concentrate. Doesn't mean all, doesn't mean to get rid of your Amazon, your Googles. Just means that maybe you need to reposition some of your assets into some recovery stocks. Okay. What oil, big oil. There's, there you go. Uh, um, um, Vegas kind of stocks, hotels, um, big chains. I'm not talking about high risk stuff. We've made up a list of uh, short list of what we think are recovery stocks that we are considering for our clients, and that's the kind of thing. But we've already been buying value, so I think that's where we want to be. Let's go to Brian in San Mateo. How you doing, Brian? How's it going out there in San Mateo? It's a little chilly today, Steve, but uh, ah. it's sunny. Hey, Steve, okay. I was wondering about um, uh, Rattler. It's a uh, it's an oil services company, I believe, but the dividend looks good, and I wanted to know what your thoughts are as far as its sustainability and uh, looking forward. Okay. Take
Okay, Rattler, it's a $1 billion company, so it's a small cap company. Owns, operates, develops, and acquires midstream infrastructure assets. Okay, so it's in Mid- out of Midland, Texas. Uh, it's A year ago, they were growing well over 100% a quarter, their sales, well over 100 March dropped down from 143 down to 36% growth. June quarter, it shrank 21%. September quarter, it shrank 16%. And we all know why. COVID. Driving oil prices way down, right? We know that. The stock is $7.63. It's going to make $1.15 next year. This is a value stock. This is, this is the kind of stocks I'm talking about. Before COVID, it was selling at $14, $15 a share. Right now, it's $7.63. So I like it right here. Go for it. Okay? Okay, every day on Talk we look at various stocks and evaluate their share prices. You know we do, because I talk, we talk about it every day. Um, and new investors often call the program and ask about mechanisms involved that same prices. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. The overall market is made up of millions of investors and traders who make may have different ideas about the value of a specific stock. So so just how are share prices set? I'll have the answer after the break. But for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team 
addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Look at the calendar. We are into November and on our way to Thanksgiving and then Christmas. Of course, the holidays may look a little different this year. But now, you've got finance and investment questions. Steve and Justin welcome your calls. Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. 888 99Chart. Give me a call. I'd love to talk to you. Ask any financial question. We'll I'll deal with it, and we'll talk about it, and I'll get you an answer, okay? Okay, we had a trivia question before the break, and uh, the question was, uh, the overall market's made up of millions of investors, right? So my trivia questions are, and all these investors had different ideas of what the value of a stock is, right? So how, so how, just how are share prices set? How are they really set? Now, we're not talking about what the value of a stock is, but how the price actually is set. So, first of all, a simple definition. A stock exchange provides a platform where such trading can be easily conducted by matching buyers and sellers of stocks. So, remember, we're talking about how is a price set. Well, it's a very simple thing. It's set by buyers and sellers of stocks. And stock exchange is only the platform to make that happen. Okay, so it is an auction or an open cry auction with buyers and sellers agreeing to a price. There is a bid and there is an offer. So an the auction price buyers and sellers, right? So the trade only happens when a, someone who bids for a price of a stock and someone's offering a stock itself matches when their price matches that's when a trade happens okay we often call that so it's the ask of the price and someone willing to pay that price that's when the trade occurs okay remember the trade the the, the market is made of millions of investors millions of traders buying and selling consistently Many thousands of transactions that occur. I remember I talk about what's the average daily volume of something every so often. In the last track, last stock we talked about, Rattler Midstream, it does an average of 1.9 million trades of shares traded, a 1.9 million shares traded a day. 1.9. That's just one stock. One. Okay, so that's how prices are set. Simple bid and ask. That's it. So what if someone wants to sell a stock, but there's no buyers on the other side? 
What happens to the stock? Well, the person really wants to sell it. He's got to keep lowering his price until he gets a, gets a, gets someone to buy it, right? That's as simple as that. How low can it go? As low as he's willing to let it go. Or there's no trade happening. Interesting, huh? What are the two main types of stocks? A little bonus question. Types of stocks. Two main types of stocks. Common and preferred. The term equities is synonymous with common shares because their combined market value and trading in volumes are many magnitudes larger than that of preferred shares. Preferred shares act something like a bond. The main, uh, the main distinction between the two is that common shares usually carry voting rights that enable the common shares to have a say in corporate meetings, while preferred shares generally do not offer voting rights. And as I said, they generally act like a bond. They have a set, uh, a set yield to them like a bond does. Anyways, let's go to Stephen in Washington State. Stephen. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. Thank you for the call. Nice. Okay, I had a question about Hexo. H E X O. It's a consumer package cannabis company. I seen it had okay. a slight spark once uh, the elections actually went through, and like a it's kind of the same thing like with Aurora. Even though that that's uh-huh. down right now, I kind of right. see that you know there's still potential, still potential to get in there and uh, possibly you know, make a, a good move on longevity and possibly maybe a good option. Well, one of the reasons, uh, one of the reasons uh, these marijuana stocks or whatever, uh, cannabis stocks made them jump is that six states legalized it. Six more states legalized it. And that kind of helped bump these stocks up. Hexo Corporation is a very small company, $268 million. A Canadian company that offers cannabis, peppermint oil, subliguino sprays, marijuana powder, dried flowers. It sales are growing very fast, but sales are pretty small. Stoop still though. Uh, last quarter, twenty-seven million dollars worth of sales, but that was seventy percent more than a year the year ago. The quarter before that was seventy percent growth. Year before that, the quarter before that, twenty-seven percent growth. But it's not making any money. It's one of my one of my beefs with stocks is you got to make money they're going to make they're going to lose six cents this year but it's a lot better than last year where it lost 76 cents and they're going to lose a penny next year so we might get some earnings in 2023 from this company it's a 78 cent stock so it's a very very tiny stock uh i i would be concerned cash flow is negative 64 cents this is a super speculative play. So only put a little bit of money in this, Steve. Don't don't put a lot of money in it because these kinds of stocks can go out of business in a heartbeat. Or they can double or triple. A year ago, they were selling for like $2.40 or so. So you can make a killing or you can lose all your money. It's a fairly new company. came out in, uh, what, uh, at the uh, end of 2018 beginning of 2019. So this is the one you say, roll in your dice and hope that it'll start to make money and it's going in the right direction. Let's put it that way. Stephen, thanks for the call. appreciate it. 888-99-CHART. So Verizon sold $12 billion in bonds or is in the process of selling $12 billion in bonds. 
Do they need the money? Why are they doing that? And Verizon is not alone. Many big companies, many, oops, almost dropped my paper there. Many big companies will be rushing to sell bonds. Why would they do that? One of the reasons they know that the COVID vaccine is going to push a good economic event in the next year and the year before. The news is strong. So they know that things are going to look better. They know that interest rates are extremely low. And for Verizon, they said they're going to use this money to pay back or pay down old debt that's much more costly and for um, 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 spectrum cost. Now, what is the average rate that they're going to have to pay Verizon? How much are they going to have to pay in yield on these bonds? They think it's going to be about 1.3%. So how, I mean, that's super cheap, super cheap. They're probably going to pay off old bonds of 3%, 4%, and then have new bonds at one3 It's smart. Debt is cheap. Money is cheap. Right? That's why they're going to do it. So they're going to, they're going to incur more and more debt. I'm talking about not just Verizon, all kinds of companies. Why are they going to sell bonds? Why are they going to incur that debt? For expansion purposes, for paying off old debt that's cost more costly, those kinds of things. Makes perfect sense. Okay. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So what do you think? Okay, but before I take, well, let's go ahead and take, go to another call. Let's go to Anthony. Let's go to Anthony in the Bay Area. How you doing, Anthony? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing really um, well, and I appreciate the call. I got a question about diversification. Um, mm-hmm. The company I used to work for, I uh, have a lot of stock in, within that company. Um, no longer work there, but I'm curious about what is your opinion on how to diversify that moving forward? Because at this point, my portfolio is heavily weighted toward that one single stock. So any kind of downturn or uptick uh, affects it greatly. Okay. Right. Do you recommend a sale and diversify, but at the same time, you know, thinking about the tax implications that come at the end of the year, um, yeah. maybe reinvesting yes. in something else like real estate. I don't know. Very, very familiar with this problem. Think about think about if you were Bill Gates or uh, any of those big guys that have the huge companies and all their wealth is tied into their company and you want to diversify. It's difficult. It's difficult. So you have the same problem, probably on a smaller scale, but you have the exact same problem. So how do they do it? Well, they most of the time they put themselves on a program of selling their shares. They'll sell shares every quarter. Okay, I'm going to sell shares this quarter, sell shares this quarter, and they can't, they'd be consistent on getting, because they want to diversify their portfolio. So what they do is they constantly sell over a period of time, just like dollar cost averaging, but this is dollar cost selling. And of course, you got to keep your eye on, well, what is the tax burden? And do you have tax uh, capital, because there are capital gains taxes you're going to have to pay, and and, and just remember, long-term capital gains is 20%. It's very possible that that could change. It could go up. I don't think it's going to go down. But I don't think you'd need to worry about it too much at this point, but just to think in those terms. 
I would suggest that you start selling back if you're way overloaded in one stock, just so you can buy a more diversified portfolio of stocks. And as I said, this is a good time to move into value stocks away from the growth stock um, because they're cheap and we got a COVID vaccine already going to be approved. And we have numerous other treatments and vaccines coming pretty quickly. That means, you know, everybody's so worried about, you know, we're going to have a tough winter with all the increases in numbers. And that's true. I think we're going to have a great looking spring. So, you know, I wouldn't, that's what I would do. And that's what I would suggest. You just got to be very careful and understanding how much tax burden you are incurring. Make sure you set the money aside to pay those capital gains. Anthony, appreciate the call. Very good question. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I really do encourage you to explore the financial investment information we have posted on our website. That's investtalk.com. You can learn more. You can learn more about the various investment strategies and opportunities we offer at KPP Financial. For example, check out the Discipline Equity Program. It offers focused growth for maximum returns. It's a all stock program. Consistent exposure to the equity market consistent and high quality names companies we never do anything uh, we i want to say never but we you will recognize most of the companies we buy if you're serious about achieving financial freedom you'll want to reach out to me or justin justin klein at kpp financial in irvine california learn more right now go to investtalk.com appreciate that and now i'm taking your questions live 888-99-CHART this is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Invest Talk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com or Reach out to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein by emailing or calling their Irvine, California office. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions, 888-99-CHART. Okay, I got an email question from Mark. I won't give out last names. Mark in New Jersey. And he's 57 years old. He's looking at retirement in you know, he gave me a little bit of information about where he is. He has no debt, which I really like. No debt. But his goal is to die broke. That's pretty hard to do because you don't know when you're going to die. But he was looking at a reverse mortgage when he's old enough. And is that a good thing to do? A reverse mortgage. Okay, that's when you have pretty much paid off your house or most of it. And you're starting to run out of money, and you can use the equity in your house. A reverse mortgage, everybody, is where the bank loans you the money, right, to, to do whatever you want with it, using the house as equity. And they usually don't loan more than 50% of value. The, 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 
the, the things that make it interesting is that you never have to pay the loan back while you're alive. While, and the other one is you got while you're alive living in the house. Because what they do is when you die, it's like a mortgage. You got to pay off, or your estate has to pay it off. That mortgage, okay. Now some of the some of the uh, some of the uh, I don't want to say bad things. I just say that some of the concerns I have is reverse mortgages are expensive upfront costs. They they take it out of the loan, but it's they're kind of expensive on the upfront side because remember the the bank never gets a cent until you pass away. So they they want to have some money up front, so they take a point or two up front. But there's nothing wrong with it, nothing wrong using it, as long as you plan on dying or staying in your house till you die. Because then if you move, you got to pay off the reverse mortgage. Um, if, you're, if you have to go to, to a home, permanent home, they're going to eventually make you sell that property to pay them back. So those are the down things. So it's not a cheap loan. But it's not a bad way to go. And I don't want to be ultra negative on it. It's not. This is Best Talk. I'm Steve Pease, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our goal will continue after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Please tell your friends and family members that they can download our weekday podcast for free anytime at investtalk.com or iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And when you download and listen, please be sure to rate our podcasts. Our anytime listener line is open, and Steve and Justin are taking your calls now. 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's talk to Hephendra in Fremont. How you doing? You want to talk about Berkshire Hathaway? Uh, yes, but let me give you the context on the question, Steve. Sure. Uh, this is for my investing uh, for my 16-year-old. Uh-huh. Obviously, has been pretty excited, excited about the recent run-up of some of these stocks, and he's curious on investing. So I actually got him started on something more broad-based, which is the something like a VTI, which is the entire S&P 500. I told him just right. stay put, just buy one of this every month and just keep doing it um, for a long time. Uh, but then I did uh, some research around from 1985 to now, 20, 20, 35 years. If you had invested, let's say, a million dollars in Berkshire Hathaway stock, that million dollars in 35 years would have become $90 million. And let's say if you invested the same million in Apple, that million dollar became 140 million. So I'm just trying to wrestle with this idea of a long-term investing for my son for 30 plus years as far as what is the right approach for him um, in investing-wise. Well, you just named like two of the best uh, best investments in the last 30 years. See, so, you know, the trick is, is now pick one today Going forward, what's going to be the next 35 years would be the best investment. That's a lot harder than looking back and saying, oh, only if I would have bought Apple or Microsoft or Intel or you know, Berkshire Hathaway back then. Problem is, future future is very different than the past. You can't, you, you just don't know. Um, 
Now, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, and that's Warren Buffett's company, and the symbol is uh, BRKA, A meaning AA shares, and they're selling for $343,000 a share right now. Uh, the B shares are probably a lot easier to buy because they're much less expensive, but still Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway has made that all that performance all those years since 1959 or so because of Warren Buffett, the best investor that's out there. Okay, now the problem with Warren is he's getting old. He's you know 75, 80 years old. I don't really remember how old, he is, but he's getting up there. And can he continue to do this well? Well, he can probably, but maybe the next guy who takes over Berkshire Hathaway can't. We don't know. Uh, so, there is a, if you focused your investments on just one, two, or three stocks, that is a high, high risk. So, you, high risk means you might get, you might get high, high return, or you might lose a lot of money. So, I would stick with the index for your son, but it's, He's 16. It's kind of boring. You might want to buy something that's more exciting for him and, you know, that maybe buy five or six different kinds of companies, maybe a Disney, maybe Google, maybe, you know, things that he was interested in. You know, if you want to keep him excited, buying an index is kind of boring for a 16-year-old. It really is. But even though it might be the best thing to do. But I'm trying to keep him excited and being in the market. And he needs to learn that you lose money, too. So that's not a bad thing. Okay? Appreciate the call. Good call. Things not to put in your will. Okay? Real quick. Trust property. If you have property named in the trust, you don't put that in the will. That's why you have a trust. You name the beneficiaries of that property in the trust. Don't put... Jointly own property and trust because when you pass away, it will go to the, uh, the the survivor of that property. For instance, you have property in your you and your wife's name as joint tenants, or you and your brother's name, or somebody else's name, partner's name. It will all go to them. Uh, don't put uh, in. Don't put uh, anything that n- names a beneficiary like an IRA. When you pass away, someone you name someone to to get that benefit, that that IRA, the beneficiary. Don't put those things in your will. Don't need to. Okay, that a deal. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. I will return tomorrow. In the meantime, please tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over a hundred archived Investop podcasts as free downloads. Uh, um, you can do it at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Investop.com. And remember to review and rate our podcast. We appreciate that. Pass the word. We also stream the program live each weekday at the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time on InvestTalk.com. Independent thinking, shared success. This is InvestTalk. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial 
a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.